As a parent, no two days are ever the same. And let's face it, sometimes a little extra help goes a really long way. That's what's so great about Care.com. They make it easier than ever to find local, experienced, and background-checked childcare to help manage your family's ever-changing needs and schedule. From nannies and babysitters to daycare centers and tutors, find help for long- or short-term support. Whether you need an after-school sitter or help with homework, there's a large selection to choose from. And all caregivers who use Care.com are required to complete a background check before they're able to interact with families on the platform. It's so easy. Just go to Care.com and post a job for caregivers to apply. You can search for qualified candidates, read reviews and ratings, check their availability and send messages directly. You can even find other kinds of care, including housekeepers, dog walkers and caregivers for seniors. Find care for all you love. Sign up now and see why over 3 million families use Care.com. Visit Care.com today. Hello and welcome to Way Back When with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy. Get out of that time machine. Glenn Burroughs is joining us for Way Back When, our history segment on Big Glenn Radio's Champagne Sunday show today. Uh, he's joining us to talk about Romans the Romans of Norfolk, England, and the history there that you can still discover. Uh, Glenn is an English historian. He knows all about finding your family history, and he's the owner of Norfolk Tours in England. And you can read his articles and listen to his past Big Glenn radio interviews. If you go to BigBlendNetwork.com, just type in Glenn with two N's because he's special. And uh, go to his website, norfolk-tours.co.uk. He's also on Twitter and Facebook. And he really, he'll take you around Norfolk and East Anglia to discover your family history, to walk where your ancestors may have walked, and even just take you out to the coast or go stay in a cool B&B or out in the countryside or maybe explore Sandringham Castle. Nice. Lots to, lots to discover over there. Glenn, how are you? Oh, I'm very good, thanks. How are you, girls? Well, it's we're good. behaving ourselves, sort you know. That'll make um, a change. <laughs> it'll be shocking if we did that. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, the next issue of the magazine, of, of Big Blend, uh, our July-August issue, you've, you've got an article about Roman history in Norfolk. And a lot of us are going to go, what, what? okay, so Italy was hanging out in England for a while. Um, but, but they really did have, like, they set up camp, but it was a big camp in Norfolk. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, Norfolk was a very important area in Roman times because, I mean, obviously the the Romans travelled by sea quite a lot because, you know, come, coming across water is a lot easier than walking across land. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they used the, the Norfolk coast as a, as, a, as a landing place and then they could get into the middle of England quite easily from, from Norfolk. Yeah, so, so you go on... Basically speaking, if you walk across most fields in Norfolk, you're going to find some form of Roman pottery or something. There's Roman stuff everywhere. Wow. It's interesting because, you know, you're always talking about, you know, especially over here in the States, I know you've got a lot of uh, people from Australia that come over, Canada, uh, that come over specifically looking for family history. And we've talked on the show for years about this, you know, maybe someone has, you know, fought in World War II with England and they can go yeah. see the airfields in England, you know, that kind of thing. But now what about, do you have anybody that said, hey, what about my Italian history of my ancestors being there? I mean, that, is there any way to see if one of your relatives was a Roman in Norfolk? No. <laughs> oh, well, booey on that. <laughs> the, the, well, 
nigh on impossible to get your family history back much before doomsday, you know, if mm. you're really, really lucky. You know, the doomsday book is, is 1086, so you're not, you're not going to get that far back from most people. Even, okay. the, uh, even the landed gentry are not really going to get their family history before that very often. Even the royal family, their ancestry goes back a little bit before that to the to sort of Middle Ages, before the before the um, the Normans came. But to get to fill the gap between the Normans and the Saxons who were here just before the Normans, and then to get back to the Romans is nigh on impossible because there were so few records taken. There's mm. so few papers there's so there, there are no registers there there just weren't the, the the things written down so it's it's nigh on impossible i mean the only way you can see where your ancestors came from is is by doing the dna thing mm -hmm. but that's all very 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 um up in the air anyway isn't it you can't be really accurate you can say whether you're related to somebody else but right. to try and find out whether your ancestor was a Roman is is not really very likely. But what we what we can say with with a lot of certainty is that the Romans who came over here, um, a lot of them settled here. You know, because I mean they 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 lived here for like four hundred years. So a lot okay. of them settled. A lot of them had a families here. So I wouldn't be surprised that if if I had my DNA really well looked at, I would imagine I've got some Roman blood in me. But I would think most of my ancestry comes from Scandinavia because, you know, we, we're on the East Coast, which is, you know, quite mm. easily mm. Um, contactable by the, by the Danes and, and, you know, that area of, uh, of the, um, you know, Denmark, Sweden, Norway. But um, Yeah. Well, that means so you could I be related to Nancy and I. You Sorry? could be related. You, that means that you could be related to Nancy and I, since we have Norwegian Viking blood in us. You know, go, yeah, go figure. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't but, be surprised. But, you know, one day we'll sit down, do our DNA, and we'll say, Glenn, look, look over there. But, <laughs> I think well, everybody's going to have uh, lots my, of different My DNA types. is actually registered on, uh, on a couple of uh, his family history sites. So um, you know, there are quite oh. a few people who, uh, who have sort of contacted me through DNA, um, but the, the funny thing is, there's a there's a bloke in in Canada who I've been corresponding with for oh, donkey's years, and it turned out that he and I are both on this um, DNA site, and it proves that we are related by DNA, which is which is quite wow. interesting that that we can actually prove our um, relationship by DNA, but we can also actually prove it by paper. Because um, mm. you know we've we've found that we are actually related through the parish registers and everything, so that's quite wow. interesting. So when this that's is this is okay, I'm yeah. going to go back to Roman history, but um, yeah, just speaking of the DNA, do you when when people find out okay that that you know when you take people on the family history tours and everything, and yeah. maybe they didn't really realize that they had English history in their family or not, but maybe they had because I know they have TV commercials. Uh, out here about you know joining all these websites for that kind of stuff, and someone really yeah. thinks that they're British or maybe they're 
this or that because, oh, I really like German food, so I bet you I'm going to be German, and then they find out they're not. When people, <laughs> do, you, do you ever experience people say because of the food they think they may be related in some way to, to, being, you know, to being English? Well, that's quite funny, actually. Um, I had a lady over from Australia um, the last year now, and we were talking about different things. I mean, she was with me for quite a few days, so um, yeah, we got to know mm-hmm. each other and we got to talk about anything and everything, as you do. And, um, and I happened to mention to her that I'm a Norfolk dumpling because that's what <laughs> Norfolk people are called, you know, a dumpling. So she said, well, why, why do Norfolk people call themselves dumplings? So I said, well, the Norfolk dumpling is very special because all we make a Norfolk dumpling with is flour and water and salt. We, you know, we don't put any fat in it. And she said, well, that's really strange because my grandmother used to make that. And her grandmother, although she was born in London, her grandmother's mm-hmm. um, grandfather had come from Norfolk. So she obviously made the Norfolk dumpling. Even when she went to Australia in the 1920s, she still took the Norfolk dumpling recipe with her. So it, that that is quite funny that someone was still making Norfolk dumplings in Australia. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so food recipes can be handed down. Um, I don't know whether anyone's got a taste for anything that would be, mm. you know, in the blood. I mean, I, I like fish. Um, a lot of my ancestors were fishermen, but I think that's just a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, it's, I also and, like, and, I like cheese, and I haven't found any, any of my ancestors who were cheesemongers, but... <laughs> But then that means you could be Roman, you know, because of the Mediterranean diet, Glenn. See? Oh, exactly. <laughs> you never know. I'm going back. I'm going to behave yeah. and get us back onto the Roman side because reading Good. your article, it sounds like, I mean, you think about Rome and, and you know, a friend of ours, Kathy Groover, uh, she's been all over Rome and Greece the last few weeks, like last week. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm looking at everywhere. She's, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so grand. I mean, it's palatial. Mm. I mean, even look at what Linda Kassan went to Jordan and these huge, I mean, carvings. I mean, it's like they're, they're huge. It's massive. And, and it was all around that same time of, you know, just how everything was built up, these, you know, big stadiums and just the, the buildings. Yeah. It, it's mind-blowing. Were they doing that in Norfolk? Yes, they were. Um, the, the sad thing is there are very few standing remains in Norfolk. I mean, Borough Castle is still, there's still a wall around Borough Castle, which was a Roman, a Roman fort. There's still one at Caister, a, a wall which still exists. But the trouble is most of the Roman stuff in England is, is just either um, very, very poor ruins or it's actually still in the ground. Um, Caister itself, which was the main sort of city, if you want to call it a city, for Norfolk, um, was actually partially excavated. And then there was a whole series of um, aerial photographs taken in the 1920s, which actually showed that all the streets are all there. There's, you know, there's buildings, there's an amphitheater, there's, there's everything, the oh. forum, you know, there's, there's everything still there. But it's under the ground, you know, it hasn't been excavated. And there's a lot of there's a lot of places like that in Norfolk where if they excavate, a lot of the stuff will still be there. You know, like up in Scotland, 
there's mm. loads of uh, Roman ruins up on Hadrian's Wall. Uh, I mean, Hadrian's Wall is a Roman wall. You know, that's, that was built across to keep the Scots out um, of England, supposedly. Was Donald Trump there? <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was I'm not going to get political. I couldn't right? help not, it. I we're not being political. It. Okay, I'll behave. <laughs> but then did David Hasselhoff come and take the wall down? No. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, okay, in his, in his swimming trunks. Yeah. Oh, no, with a hamburger in his hand. Yeah, no, no, oh, yes, oh, he's boy. playing wall watch. So, no, but, they, I mean, that they had a really, I didn't know about the big wall between Scotland. Yeah. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. I missed that yeah. somewhere. Yeah, Google it, Hadrian's Wall. You know, yeah. there's a massive thing. There's forts, there's there's everything. It, it used to stretch from the from one side of England to the other. Actually, it was a wall, like the Great Wall of China. Mm-hmm. Nancy's wanting to wall. throw her champagne at me right now because she's like, "You've been there. What? What? what how can you not remember? Yeah, you know, you've you've been to Scotland. You've learned this history. Why can't you remember? Maybe it's the champagne on Sundays. Yeah, yeah I will. Probably you've been drinking. What what time is it with you? <laughs> it's just one afternoon. It's six, All right, six okay, afternoon. That's okay, <laughs> six okay. minutes afternoon. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, you can you can have a drink. Okay. So so you know when you think in history, did the wall work? Not being political, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> um, I I don't I don't know. I think it I think it did. I think a lot of it was basically like. In, in a lot of cases, when the Normans came here, they built big castles. It weren't necessarily mm-hmm. to to sort of conquer the, the the peasants. It was basically to say that we're here and we're mm-hmm. in charge. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of it was. Mm. Because mm-hmm. you know, if if you if you're a, a Scottish tribe and you're just sort of wandering around up in your highlands and you suddenly come across this great big wall, you probably think to yourself, well, I'm not even going to bother to try to get through that wall because I don't stand a chance. So it wouldn't necessarily um, be, be there to, um, to, to sort of stop people, but it would, it would definitely say that, you know, we're here, we're in charge. Um, there, there obviously were skirmishes, and there were forts up on the wall, and there were a lot of soldiers who were garrisoned up there, so obviously, you know, there were there were going to be some fights, but I think a lot of the fortifications, especially, were more to tell the people who were here that these new people are not to be messed with. I think I think that's what it was really. A lot of times, it's not mm. because they want to necessarily fortify what's there, although obviously that's a that's another reason for it. I think a lot mm-hmm. of it is just to say we're in charge. I think that's what a lot of it is. Yeah, and then I think also there's that um, just look how more advanced we are than you kind of feel. Yeah. Because well, also, if you also, can't you build... See, as, soon as, as soon as the Romans arrived anywhere, their centurions and all of their mm-hmm. um, hangers-on, they had to form a camp, they, they built a fort, they then sort of built their garrison up. So it also proves that all of their um, soldiers were so well disciplined and they all knew their jobs and they all had their jobs and they set to because 
although very often when they have an excavation of a, of a fort or anything, they will find that before the, the stone fort, there was a, a timber one. So that obviously they arrive in this, say for instance, they just arrive in this field, and overnight they need to make a camp. So they yeah. would dig in and make a camp. Mm -hmm. Then they would build a wooden palisade, which would last a week or two weeks or a month or whatever, but then they would replace that with a, a proper stone-built fort. So, it, you know, they were really well organized. You know, they, I know, they and that's why... a fantastic army. Yeah, so they were so put together, you know, yes. that they were so efficient. I think that's when I hear Roman, I think efficiency. It's yes. surprising to me that they failed in the long run. Well, you see, the, the thing, what I've always thought is that, you know, when the Romans failed, they, they all went back to Rome. Well, a, a lot of the people went back to Rome because there was other problems going on in other parts of, of the empire. So as soon mm -hmm. as their communications let them down, as soon as the, the, the government, as soon as the, and I'm, I'm sorry, but as soon as their government let mm. them down by, <laughs> yeah. by being in charge, it then descended into a rabble, basically. Mm. So there weren't, there weren't anybody sort of giving the orders. There was no way, say for instance, they ran out of olives or they ran out of wine or they ran out of whatever. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There was no way they could send an order to get some more, some more olives because the, mm -hmm. the boats wouldn't be coming in again because they'd gone out somewhere else. So, uh, well, I'm just saying olives. It, it, it is everything, isn't it? Yeah, but you know, you they lose. spread themselves too thin. But this, but this is a yes. very interesting lesson of history to me. When, when you think about that, importing, bringing ships in with things all the time. Um, if you look at modern day now, we're trying to actually curb a lot of that and do things more locally because... It's by local, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I find it very and, fascinating. Well, I mean, the global this, market this. and global economy is one thing, but if you can't keep up with it, when you start, gee, go consider any government that neglects its own people. I can't think of any. Um, you know, <laughs> well, then then things do start to fall apart. But this, it's this, interesting. It's well, interesting because the people lose. They're used to this, so it's almost like a... A, a handout in a way, and then all of a sudden it's cut off. The exporting is, is or importing is done. Well, isn't that yep. kind of even like the world of oil? I mean, in, in a weird exactly. way. The trouble is, you see, if if um, a civilization relies upon something, and then that something is lost, then yeah. that civilization collapses because it isn't there anymore. Because I mean, a simple simple mm. thing. Um, a few years, well, I say a few years ago, probably 30 years ago, we had such bad snow that we actually couldn't get out of our village. Now, mm. luckily, at that point, there was still a farm that still had cattle, so we were able to get milk. Now, if the same thing happened wow. today, we've got no cows in the village anymore, so we would have no milk. This village used to be wow. self-supporting. But it isn't anymore. There is there is no there is no farm here that has cattle. You know there there is no butcher in the village, so there's there's no meat in within the village itself. There's, wow. there's nothing 
you know. So when when you can see that if the lines of mm-hmm. communications are cut, then everything falls apart. Wow. So I think on a bigger scale, hmm. that is what happened. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. I think I've said to you before, um, in the 70s, there was a program called The Survivors, which was all about what would happen if there was a massive flu outbreak and sort of 95% of the population was killed. Well, the whole thing fell apart because obviously there was no... When that happened, there was no electricity, there mm-hmm. was no water, there was, there was no, no nothing. So they all went back to, to living basically how they did in the Middle Ages because... Everyone needed to have cattle. Everyone needed to have sheep and pigs. And, you know, everybody needed to, to go back to basics because there was no, um, no communications with anybody else. There was no infrastructure. Wow. And See, that is what happened really to right. the Romans. That's why this big corporate stranglehold that's happening mm-hmm. across the world, like monocultural farming, so there's no farm for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles, and then there's this huge farm. Like out, out yeah. where we are, we see the effects of monoculture farming all over the place. You know, when the wind picks up and, and it's at the end of a season, they've turned under all the plants, and then you get dust storms, and everybody's going, well, how come that happens? Well, golly, I wonder why. If, you know, <laughs> and then and you're in a place where there's food produced, but it's known as a food desert, because all the food's being shipped to China or somewhere else. Japan. Yeah, so yeah. this is the effect of not everybody just having their own little deal, making sure that you have uh, local farmers that produce both food and vegetable, I mean meat and vegetables, and, and not having to go like 500 miles away to get something. And don't even start me on water and how water yeah. is shipped from one state and sold to another state, and then that, that state that sold their water goes into a drought. Mm-hmm. I, mean, it, <laughs> we're, I mean, we're really in the same cycle, Glenn, I mean, of, of repetitiveness. Yeah. And yet yeah. I think we have communication. I right think now. there's a lot of cities with infrastructure that's falling uh, across yes. the country here. Can I here. remind you who owns our communication services? It is not the government. That's right. It's all owned by private companies. Yeah. It's regulated, supposedly, by the government. And Mm -hmm. all somebody needs to do is to take charge of that communication system and Mm -hmm. everything falls apart. So, you know, we we often, uh, I say we don't, but, you know, a lot of people say, you know, what's the good of of looking at history? Because that's also all history. 
But, oh dear, oh dear, if you look yeah. at history, can't you learn a lot about what we could do today to make it better? You know, exactly. the Romans lost out because of, of their, their government falling apart, really, and their communication systems breaking down and everything like that, and their infrastructure broke. But we're still now putting all our eggs in one basket, and we're going to wonder what happens. You know, I mean, it was, you're saying about this monoculture, but the trouble is if you're growing nothing but one crop and that mm -hmm. crop gets decimated by disease, then yep. that complete area is dead. Yeah, yep. you're out of and, and we, we it, experience that here in the that. States all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and you, it, it, it attracts bugs just to that and it takes out other oh i could do a three-hour show and not even get started on it i mean it's it, it's so <laughs> bad and so big and we're at this point where there's movements i know around the world not just in this country to even save the original seeds that we had for wheat and things like that because now yeah. we're all like here in this country pretty much everyone's eating the same turkey we used to have all kinds yeah. of varieties of turkey yeah and now it is the, the big white turkey that sounds really bad the way I said that, but it is like <laughs> it is the one. You want to give a name to that <laughs> turkey? Well, um, but they, you need but to um, <laughs> you need you need to Google Google the Norfolk the Norfolk black turkey. Oh, oh you've got your own turkey. We we have we have one of the most tasty, gorgeous turkeys you can ever imagine, and it's called the Norfolk black, and it is. Um, it is black, and it's it's grown in Norfolk. And um, hmm. we, if, if we have a local turkey, that's 99.9% .9 going to be the Norfolk black. <laughs> that you know, is because amazing. That's what, that's what we have. But that's, but but talking that's about how it should um, Talking about yeah. the wheat and things, my, um, my son-in-law's father, he actually does this. And he, he does a lot of work. Well, he does a lot of work. His, um, his collection has been left to the local university when he dies because he has kept lots of these old strains of wheat, barley, oats, rye, all, mm. all still going. He still grows them. Oh, wow, that is so, amazing. You know, that, that is so important to keep these no, old crops, these crops alive, you know, and he still does it. He does it with, um, you know, fruit as well as, um, you know, wheat and barley and, and oats and rye. Because um, he realizes how important it is to keep these old species of, um, of vegetable and stuff, you know, alive. And because they have more nutrients. Happens, they if have if more something nutrients. happens now to, mm -hmm. the, to the present crops, what are they going to do? Exactly. Well, and, you know, the crops that, that grow in a place naturally, um, they're, they're put there for a reason by nature because that's where they do yep. their best. You know, yeah. so when we modify our seeds and we try to modify what nature does and we think we know more about nature than nature, um, then we get into big trouble. So I can see how a, a whole society can collapse over one big chink in the armor, mm -hmm. you know, one yeah. hole in the wall. Um, yeah. yeah. I can see, you know, like I was thinking about China where the Internet, you know, it can be shut off any time that, that the yes. government wants to shut it off, you know. So it's it's um, it's, it's yeah, yeah. When you start thinking about communications, mm -hmm. like I know in the Roman days, okay, so somebody had to get on a ship and 
yeah, go back to Italy. If somebody had to ride a horse somewhere, then they had the carriages, so they had to put the roads in, and they really did a lot to communicate, and it still yeah. just went bye-bye. But, but also, if you think about it, you see, as soon as the Romans left, all of their um, coinage, all of their um, standards all went as well. Because, I mm. mean, what would be the good of you having a Roman coin if it yeah. weren't going to be um, uh, honoured by anybody? Yeah. You know, at the moment, we have oh, a, wow. a, a pound, well, we have a, a, a £10 note or whatever it says, and normally it says on that the Bank of England will pay you £10 for this. You know, it's a promise, isn't it? The, right. On the bank note, it, it's a, on an English bank note, anyway, it's just a promise. It's actually worth nothing at all. Yeah. And our coins <laughs> are worth absolutely nothing. And all we've got is a, is a promise that is honoured by the bank, in theory. If we all turn up at the same time, then obviously the bank crashes. <laughs> but well, yeah, in theory, but it's honoured. We had to bail but the in, bank in, out. When the Romans left, all the money that the people had in their pocket was going to be pretty useless because there was no one it was going to honour it anymore. Yeah. You know, and it's the same when you go on holiday. You may well have, you know, $50, $50 in your pocket from Australia, but that's no good in Canada, is it? No. You know, but you, no one's going to honour it. Yeah, you've, you've got to, you've got to, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I carry pesos when we go to Mexico. You never know what's going to be, you know, it's it's always, I think, one, ten pesos is equal to a dollar, and, yeah, but, okay, I have to say, when I lived in Kenya, part of the, the, well, the how you made money on the black market, oh, though. Oh, shush. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Well, I didn't know it at the time. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> and when I found out, it was a hard decision to go honest. <laughs> Well, the dude, the black market seller, the dude was he had an office the right, dude. right in the airport. You know, yeah, so you well, would think, you if, yeah, <laughs> you would think if it was dishonest, you'd be in a little hut somewhere around, hiding in the dark, you know, under a badly lit street lamp or something. But he had an office right in the airport, and everybody just walked in, and I, so I sold American dollars, and I got six, seven times as much. Oh, well, you're, you're talking about that. I mean, I think probably the most dishonest people around are the ones who are in the big offices in the middle of London and big big offices in um, in Washington, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Oh, we're we're right back to where we always say we're going to behave. But it is about. But <laughs> I thought we might be. How civilizations come and then then they go, and you know and. It, it's you know, all good. It, it, no, it's interesting because, and you're right. You know, history is there to teach us, so we don't do the same thing. Well, that's but that's that's where it's not all good. I'm like, it's all good that we talk about it because that is true. It, it, history, if you've got to look, you know, when we do interviews about business, Glenn, and and um, you know, success in life, whether it's personal or or career oriented, or financial, every expert says you've got to go back and. Look at the results. Look at the past. That's why you measure things. How does this work? Yeah. How did it go? Do you need to tweak yeah. something? You know, and that's how I look at history, teaching us like, okay, this happened here. Okay, but you got to look at all the variables. I mean, you know, why did the Dust Bowl happen in this country? Don't even start me on that. Um, it's very similar. It's it's um, this. I don't know if we become very comfortable as human beings, you know, in general, that once something yeah. seems to we get something easy. We think it's going to last forever. There's that 
attitude we seem to have is just people. I mean, it's it's a mm-hmm. a thing where oh, this is how it is, and that's how it's going to be, and no, no one's ever going to do this to me. It's kind of this um, attitude. There's a, a big percentage of us who have that attitude, but when you get into history and when you start to travel and see these places, it becomes quite you know like a like a big wake up call of life is not like that. And it was not like that in the past. It is not like that now, and it will not be in the future. It will always change. And it is up to us to educate ourselves on this so that we can go forward. When you you realize, I mean, I've I've put this in my article, but when you think that there were towns, cities, villages, houses with central heating, plastered Mm. walls, bathhouses, Mm. plunge pools, indoor gardens, temples, theaters, public buildings, proper roads, and modern facilities when the Romans were, were, were here in, in England 2,000 years ago nearly. And yeah. that didn't actually happen again until, what, 50 years ago? Wow. You know, yeah, it is that's amazing, amazing that you think that yeah. central heating is a modern thing, but the Romans had central heating. You know, they wow. didn't only have underfloor heating, they had heating that went up the wall as well because the, wow. the flues also heated the walls. So, you know, they, they, had, they had central heating in houses. They had plaster and paintings on the walls. They had heated baths. You know, they, they had everything you could imagine. And the bathhouses so are huge. The bathhouses yeah, are all went, I was watching you know, Kathy, where she was going. These bathhouses mm-hmm. are like, I mean, you could go to a hotel and it's not as I mean... I mean, in that, like, they're parking lots. I mean, they're, like, they're massive. This yes. is not and a... still they fail. Yeah, I mean, and but, I mean, everyone has a point, and that's a piece of learning, right? Oh, this is what you're supposed to learn. Failure leads to success in life, right? Well, and now... So, so there's a learning curve in this. But now, for you, Glenn, you get to go and still find remnants of this. That's pretty cool. I mean, to find something yes. from the Romans and go, like... Check this out. Thanks for leaving us a, a, a reminder <laughs> what not well, to do or to do. Yeah, I mean the the thing, the lovely thing is, I mean uh, it's it's um, it's half past half past eight here now, but so it's getting dark. But you know, tomorrow morning, if I went to see my parents and I just walked across the field behind their cottage, I could guarantee that I would pick up a piece of Roman pottery. Wow. Now that is is totally amazing. That's that when is you amazing. Think when you think that, that the last person who handled that piece of pottery was, what, 1,700 years ago, 1,800 years ago? That's amazing. And yeah. very often I've found pieces of pottery with, with fingerprints on, you know, thumbprints. <gasps> and you Ooh. think to yourself, this person lived here, you know, nearly 2,000 years ago. Or, right. or a coin, you know. You thought, oh, wow, you know, some, some poor little bloke has, now not being able to buy his loaf of bread for the week, you know, because he's dropped this, this coin. It's them sort of things that make it really, really personal. And real. Really that's, is, you know. that's why you've got to get out and travel and really experience it for yourself. Yeah. Um, in your article, you said that people could actually go and be part of an archaeological dig? Yeah, there are digs that, um, that are run by um, several of the universities, and... There's one especially, um, they're not actually digging a Roman site at the moment, they're, they're digging a, a medieval site, but um, there are Ew. digs all over the place, and um, 
no doubt I could find a Roman one if someone particularly wanted to do Roman archaeology. I do. But, um, yeah, I mean, we can always, always visit, visit uh, an archaeological dig. You know, like the, the picture that I, um, I sent through, you know. Yeah. We were actually there um, just after they'd um, excavated that uh, Roman mortarium, which is like a pestle and mortar, which is fantastic. That, that had just literally just come out of the ground half an hour before. Wow. wow. See that that's amazing to me. I I want to go. I think mm. it's it's just so fascinating to find these things. I mean, look at what they found with the Easter Island. Oh, I know. And nowadays they're doing things by laser from some of the interviews we've been hearing about that they're laser yes. doing yeah. things by laser. Yeah, I think you were one of the people talking about that that you see yeah. these things underground, but you know, Easter Island these statues are much bigger. Stonehenge is another one of those that mm-hmm. just mind-blowing how all this information yeah. we're finding. So to exactly. me, this is just, just we've been doing things for years, but I think as society, we keep killing ourselves out and coming back, you know, just in yeah. groups. I mean, that sounds bad, well, but you it's have to true. keep starting over yeah. until we get it right. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not ready to go now. I just want to, you know, keep living here. I don't want to burn out. Yeah. <laughs> when we talk about that, it kind of freaks me out. Okay, Glenn, are you ready to get into the time machine? Because you're really good at it. Yeah, I think I am. All right, it's we're going. <laughs> I'm cracking up because we're talking Roman history, English history, American history, Scottish, Wales. We talked about Australia. I mean, there's a lot of things that got put into this this conversation today. A lot of places how it's connected back to and to politics. your hometown. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yes. So you're the only person who gets to say when you can get out and where you can get out in the time machine. So so where are you and where where are you stopping? Well, I've I've already given you a really big clue. Um, I would like to stand at the back of my parents' house. Um, mm when it was uh, in, in Roman times, so we'll, we'll say 1,700, 1,800 years ago, just to see what was there. Wow. Mm. That's going to be, I mean, you might have to change your clothes. <laughs> <It's something different>. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I want to take a camera. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah. Can we come, too? Because I, I heard that they had a lot of wine and olives back then. I mean, really. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Before before the imports stopped coming, um, I'd like to do yeah. that. That is cool. That's very cool. Glenn, always a pleasure and always fun having you on the show. We did go off topic, but it really wasn't, if you think about it. We came full circle in politics exactly. and shenanigans. It's all about learning from the past. That's, it, it is. Always is. Always is. Uh, everyone, I encourage you to go to norfolk-tours.co.uk. That's Glenn's website. Learn more about his tours. And um, even if you're trying to you know, research a family member out in Norfolk or East Anglia, England, send him an email. Again, it's norfolk-tours.co.uk. And if you go to bigblendnetwork.com, you can read his articles and listen to past interviews. And he's also on Twitter and Facebook as well. Thanks so much for joining us, Glenn. Thanks very much, and don't forget to look up the Norfolk black turkey. I'm going to look up the black turkey in the wall. The white one here is called the holiday turkey. You know, I've got it. You know, I'm I'm trying to behave myself. When we're talking about turkeys, because I've got a list. 
So uh, uh, this is rants and raves. We already got political. Oh, well. <laughs> the whole history is politics. See you, see you later. Yeah. Thanks, Lynn. Take care. Bye. Bye. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.